everyone. Welcome to episode number 10 of Namaste Bitches with Chris Tataro. I'm very excited about it. He is a licensed massage therapist and he's also a Bikram yoga instructor. This is also the last of the podcasts that I will have done in New York. After this, I go back to London and the podcast goes back to being bi-weekly. And I think the next person after Chris will be Mickey D. Um, before we get into it, I just want to say I... It was brought to my attention that in podcast number one, back with Adam Roper, if you haven't listened to it, please do, I made a big error, which is I gave the wrong address to Bikram Yoga Harlem, just to completely, just not even, blocks, miles, miles wrong in a way. Uh, Bikram Yoga Harlem, I'm looking at the correct website, uh, it's so embarrassing, I only worked there for years, uh, but... If you want to go and check out Bikram Harlem here in New York City, Bikram Yoga Harlem is located on 518 West 145th Street, uh, postcode 10031, so you can't get it wrong, and all the information is on BikramYogaHarlem.com. So I just wanted to make that correction, but uh, let's get right into it with Chris. Here we go. Chris, what is your piece of advice? Um, so my piece of advice, uh, the one singular most important piece of advice, um, I think it's uh, just to do your best to sort through illusion, try to seek truth, um, and and just try to be genuine. That's where I, that's where I'm in my life right now. I'm trying to like. Do all of that stuff. And that's another thing, too, Abigail, when you're like, oh, what's the piece of advice? I'm like, now, which type of advice? The type of advice I would give to someone else or the type <laughs> of advice that I constantly repeat to myself on a daily basis? So that's, uh, I guess that kind of fits into both categories. Yeah. Wait, so, so to sort through illusion yeah. and and be genuine, is that is yeah. that how you said it? Yeah. Uh, so how, how do you... How do you sort through illusion? Right. I really like it, <laughs> and I think that's really hard to do. Exactly. Um, and it's, I think that's one of... The, I, I tend to gravitate toward um, things that are perpetually challenging, like Bikram Yoga, yeah. for instance. Because um, the last time we saw each other, which was a year ago, mm -hmm. you had just in, done like a nine-day silent retreat. Oh, that was... I just okay. saw you straight off that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty intense. Yeah, and that again, I, again, it, it, I'm pretty predictable in general. Like those are the types <laughs> of challenges that I that I like. Yeah, um, yeah. To uh, to sit and not speak for ten days <laughs> and try to meditate and try to sit still in one position for literally hours at a time is ridiculous and impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but con you know, is something that we can all kind of work toward. Yeah. just like just like you. Trying to trying to cut through illusions in life, and uh, so what are illusions um, in life? I just so what is um, most applicable? What I'm applying this mostly to my life right now because I'm I just got off of two weeks of another anatomy course, um, 
and and it's so fascinating to me. I mean, mm-hmm. we pretend, you know, in this in this modern Western medical paradigm, we pretend that, or we think that we we know so much about the human body, mm-hmm. and and that you know it's all documented. It's all in it, it's you know it's, it's documented in textbooks and in in medical journals and and but there's so much more to learn. A- example, I, it was probably two years ago, maybe now at this point. Um, somebody discovered a new ligament in the knee, the, the anterior lateral ligament. Now, you know, for, for hundreds of years, we've had the knee mapped out, all of the, all of the, the bone, the synovial, uh, the synovial joint, um, all the ligamental tissue, all of the tendinous tissue, and someone all of a sudden found a new ligament. You're like, how does that... Where, where was it hiding? That, it, it's anterior lateral ligament, so it's kind of... So back... It's kind of, no, 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 anterior is front. Oh, um, it, it's front, I don't know. Front and to the outside. So, you know, okay. everyone knows ACL and PCL. There's the lateral collateral ligament, the medial collateral ligament, but then there's this, this fifth little piece of, of tissue, and, and it's just, it, it blows my mind because, yeah. you know, the number of knee surgeries that have well, that that's have been, what gets right. me. It's and and so anatomy is not a theory, like right, yeah, right. Well, but it is okay. <laughs> you know, like it. It's not a theory necessarily. I mean, the the guy with whom I study does have very many of his own kind of theories and approaches to to the human body and how it works and how it moves. Um, so it is theoretical in mm-hmm. a in a sense. Um, but I know what you're saying. Like it, it should be a map, and like to get from 116th Street to 117th Street, you have to take a very direct route, and that doesn't change. Yeah. Um, but the human body does change, and not only does it change and evolve, but but we're how do I put this? It's so. Another example is like literally just three weeks ago. It was the first week of June, um, and this is huge. Like, so the anterior they found lat- another brain, well, right? No. Essentially, <laughs> oh, no, 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 you, you, you got it. Um, it. It's almost more shocking and profound than the the new ligament in the knee because for for decades now. It's been it's been known that there is no lymphatic system in the brain. There are just, there are no lymph vessels. There are no lymph nodes in the brain, mm-hmm. um, and and the lymphatic system is your immunity. Basically, it, yeah. it's how you how you uh, get well <laughs> when you're mm-hmm. sick, when there's a problem, when there's some sort of pathology. The uh, the lymphatic system is what takes over and fixes the problem. Um, so you know we're working for years and years under the notion that there's no lymphatics in the brain. Someone just found three weeks ago that there is lymphatic system in the brain. <laughs> and and this is like, this is monumental for treatment of, of multiple sclerosis and, and uh, Alzheimer's and autism. Like everything changes now as of three weeks ago. <laughs> wow. So with like evolution, like the literal evolution of man, was there maybe not lymph? Like, that might be a stupid question, but 200 years ago, did we not have that ligament, or did we not have those lymphatics? And they've started to... Develop. Develop? Evolution, as far as I understand, it takes thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, so so, can it be like hundreds? Yeah, I I don't think so. Um, It's just that we never saw it. Like, the way that the way that the scientists and the anatomists were were looking for things was not advanced enough, and they weren't able to see it. And this guy apparently, what did he 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 was working with? Um, he was working with a pig, I believe, and he just 
he like stretched the cells on uh, on a on a what do you call those on a little plate on a little uh, um, the the screen slide, slide. on a slide, slide thank you um, <laughs> to look in a microscope. in a different way okay. it, you know, and it just and he's like oh there it is <laughs> wow <laughs> crazy right yeah um, so that that kind of goes uh, that's kind of the the my advice of of trying to cut through illusion is is sort of um, sort of an umbrella that that kind of encompasses that work that I'm doing currently. Um, <clears throat> And and there's a there's a quote. Um, what is it? it? It's impossible. It's impossible for a man to learn what he thinks he already knows. You know that that's a that's a pretty famous quote. I think about it a lot, though. Um, it reminds me of a uh, of a, a Ben's Fold song from a while ago. <laughs> I used to love Ben Fold. Oh, they were great. Um, why you got to act like you know when you don't know? It's yeah. okay if you don't know everything. <laughs> And and I, I I've lived so much of my life under the notion that like my self worth is based in how much I know, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but to but to think that you know something, and especially when dealing with the human body, like to think that you could ever possibly say I know everything about the human body. I know that there. I know for a fact that there are no lymphatics in the brain. That that in it in and of itself is a is a huge illusion. Yeah, you know you can't know. So do you fight? I guess or sort through illusion by constantly asking questions. Yeah, I suppose. I think so. I think and it's I think it's as simple as being open minded. Right. You know. Yeah, I like that a lot. I remember this was a couple years ago when we were both teaching for NYC. You know how everyone used to say. Bring your arms to, for locust pose. Bring your arms to the side like grasshopper wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you literally sent it, a mass email of a grasshopper to be like, I think we should stop saying this because that's not what grasshopper wings look like. It, right. yeah, it was a very <laughs> valid point. I get a lot of, of angry emails back after after saying that. Actually. I think it – well, you know what, though? It's kind of – it looks – it's a grasshopper leg. It's a grasshopper leg, <laughs> a grasshopper but everyone wing. says wings, and we're <laughs> right. all like, okay. Right. Like, like, but I don't know. I just really liked it that you were like, I think we should all uh, stop saying <laughs> I this. I like, made a little diagram, and I had made yeah. arrows. I was like, this is the leg, and this is the wing. It doesn't look like a wing at all. It looks like a leg. It's not even in the dialogue, is no, it? No, I don't yeah. think so. No, it's no, just no, no. something that so something happened that, in New York. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's evolution. That's how we can get so... I mean, I take teachers' classes sometimes, and I, I just hear them say stuff that's just, like, dead wrong. And yeah. I wonder, where did that come from, you know? Um, but it was someone somewhere along the line decided that they knew that this was correct, and they said it in class. And, and then someone else picked it up, and then maybe even, you know, the next time they repeated it, it got a little bit wrong. <laughs> telephone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the kids' game. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. I like. I've we used had... to call it "whisper down the lane." Oh, yeah. I like that. I've never heard it called that. <laughs> I think it's probably the same exact thing. Yeah. But yeah. Um, no, I. Uh, I've had teaching yoga. I've had people come up to me afterwards and just be like, "Yeah, that w- that was great, but uh, that was dead wrong." What you're... <laughs> I actually appreciate it because, like, I've, I've like Sharon Gunderson has like sent me studies yeah, and like. Yeah, yeah. Like lessons. One time, I had someone come up to me and was like a doctor, and was like, "You were sort of correct, but it's the pineal gland, not the pituitary (laughs) gland." And I was like, "Right, yeah, sorry, they both begin with a P." They do, they do. But um, (laughs) and they're similar. They're they're similar. They're located similarly geographically. Hold on a second. I'm gonna press pause because I don't know what that's about. Pizza. 
There was a semi-natural pause in the conversation there, so I just thought I'd do my inner, little interlude now. Turns out someone was ringing my doorbell just to get into the building. Had nothing to do with us. But I find Chris so fascinating and his love for the anatomy. It's just awesome. Who knew? Who knew that there was an extra limit, ligament in the knee and uh, lymph nodes in the brain? I just It's fascinating, you know? And, uh, we, you know, we talk more about that and how uh, it informs his teaching and uh, his massage therapy and all that. I just want to thank everybody so far for writing comments uh, and reviewing the podcast on iTunes. So far, sh- two of them are showing up. I don't know why more because I know more of you guys have written them. But thank you so much. I really appreciate your support. And later on in the podcast... Chris uh, gives a really cool suggestion for a morning routine that I think might be our new Namaste Bitches Challenge. So uh, I think that comes later on in the podcast. But, ooh, what's it going to be? Well, I don't know. Well, actually, I do know, but you don't know. So keep listening to find out. All right, uh, let's get back to Chris. I think that's great, Abigail, and I think that's part of what I'm what I'm kind of uh, my advice is is just be open to that and not and not all of a sudden like when I, I did get several emails back after that grasshopper email and and they were like no it actually is the wing and this I'm like you don't know what you're talking about but, you? but how but it's clearly not right, the I wing know. I, but but they were so locked in the notion that they were right and that what they were saying was correct mm-hmm. that they couldn't they couldn't see they couldn't see another perspective and I'm not I'm not claiming that my perspective was absolutely 100% correct but but it was my perspective and and a couple of people weren't open to seeing that yeah because they thought they knew. And that that's exactly, you know, it's impossible to teach a man something he thinks he already knows. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. Very true. Very true. So did your, um, did your interest in yoga come from your interest in anatomy? Or did your interest in anatomy come from your interest in yoga? That's a good question. It's actually, it's actually kind of a funny trajectory. Um, I... So I went to yoga teacher training. Um, I took my first class in 2003. A friend dragged me. Um, and he was just like, you're going to love this. And I was like, eh, I don't really do anything physical. I don't think I, I'm actually going to like it very much. And But he was absolutely right. Um, and again, another example of like, I thought, I why would I like yoga? I don't, you know, but he mm-hmm. knew. So I was open to, to trying class. In that very first class I took in Boston in 2003, um, I... I told myself that I was one day going to teach this. And, you know, it, it took less than a full 90 minutes for me to realize that this was something wow. that I wanted to make a big part of my life. Um, and it wasn't until three years later that everything else fell into place, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so I You had, went to one of the L.A. trainings? Yep, yep. I was in, I was the second to last one at uh-huh. the, the old headquarters space. <clears throat> um. And so I really did not have much of an interest in anatomy aside from like eighth grade biology and how I thought everything was so cool, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it's something that's so self-referential. It's something that everyone can kind of relate back to themselves when they're studying. And that's the way I feel at least. Um, so went to teacher training, had the two weeks of anatomy there and thought that was so just skimming the surface. I mean, I feel like that was such a... Um, just a glimmer into into the the the, the depth of <laughs> of the material out there. Um, so I did. I jumped 
right after teacher training, I grabbed the um, the book uh, um, Anatomy of Hatha Yoga. Mm-hmm. Do you know that one? It's the one with the white cover. Yeah, I have you it have, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's a thick book. The language is very dense. Um, I had no idea what I was reading. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of big terms, um, uh, complicated terminology. Um, but I really took my time with that book, and I like read through, and then I would refer back to all of the diagrams, and I would reread paragraphs, and I, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, but that just kind of stimulated uh, more interest, you know, my my own self study, and then <clears throat> I went to massage school uh, with sort of a backhanded uh, kind of um, agenda. I really went to massage school to get more anatomy training so I could become a better yoga instructor. (laughs) I didn't really know if I was going to be a massage therapist at all. Oh, really? Um, You know, for years prior, people had told me that I had like a good touch and I just had, you know, they'd they'd encourage me to go study and I was like, I don't know if that's something I want to do. Um, But when, when faced with the, when faced with the option of you know, deciding on where to to study anatomy, I thought, mm. well, why not massage school? Because I'll get the anatomy, and then if I want to do something further with this degree that I have, then I'll then I'll do it. Um, and I did, and I love massage. <laughs> um, I, I learned so much more about. Um, I really learned a, a passion for the mm-hmm. for the for that. You're um, very good. Oh, thank you, Abigail. Um, and, and yeah, so the same thing, you know, it's the same way that I teach yoga now. All of my massages are, are, are based very specifically in, in lots of anatomical background. Um, and, and there as well, I mean, I have that same approach. It's like when I'm working with a client, it's really just a guessing game. It's like detective work, you know, mm-hmm. I can kind of uncover stuff, but it, if I would, if I were ever to say, "Oh, well, I know for a fact that you have piriformis syndrome," and this, like, it, 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 that would be, I would probably be blind to something else that may be coming up in that particular client and that in the particular tissues that they're complaining about. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I, I digress. I'm, I, I'm a little tangential in general. No, so, it's good. I so love it. Sometimes rain me back in. If no, you, uh, <laughs> no need to rain in. Keep going out. Um, it's great. So where was I? So so it was yoga training and then massage school. Um, and then I graduated massage school in 2010. Uh, and even after that, it wasn't enough. I mean, after studying after studying anatomy for three years, it, it like simply was not fulfilling my... Which massage uh, school did school, you go to? Swedish Institute. Okay. And the one in Chelsea. It, it's... it's pretty well known yeah, yeah. almost every uh, massage therapist in New York that I know of went to Swedish isn't it to be certified as a therapist in New York don't you need way more hours than any other place in the states yeah yeah this this state is is very stringent with their with their um, licensure requirements there, there are a couple other states that are close but but um, so New York State isn't like the highest but it's it's among the highest you know yeah. what I mean it's like of the two or three states that require um, this certain number of hours, New York is is in one of the three or four. Um, so, yeah, in terms of like in class hours required to to be licensed to practice massage in New York State, um, it's one thousand hours of mm-hmm. in class time, which compared to some other states, which are like two hundred, oh, four hundred wow. maybe. So it, you know, it, it's it, it's like five times yeah. the amount of time in class. Which is which is really tricky because people, 
massage clients will come to me and they really have no idea what type of work I do, especially if they if they're used to massage in other states, perhaps. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and they're always or very spa shocked. massages. Yeah, yeah, or spa massages. Which, if you're getting a, a massage in a spa, I mean, technically, if they are licensed in New York State, then they have gone through that training. But it's it's just a different product. Um, you know, it, it's. Mm. I had the luxury because I work for myself that I can take the time to really tailor every every session to exactly what the conditions that that I'm you know that you're bringing to me as a client mm-hmm. that you're presenting with. Um, whereas if you're in a spa setting, you might be working five clients back to back with only like ten minutes in between to change over the table. There's no time for you to take session notes and then review the charts and yeah. review the session histories. So it's yeah. And I would, I honestly would never really want to be in a situation like that. I was really lucky because I, as I was in massage school, I was also teaching. So everyone, all of my regular clients knew that I was in massage school. So I, I literally had a line of people waiting, yeah. you know, to, to knocking down my door um, for the moment I got licensed. So I didn't have to go work for somebody else. You know, I already had a, a client base, which was, which was awesome. I'm, I feel really fortunate. Really lucky for that. Very cool. So this was a bit of a tricky podcast to edit because Chris just talks and talks and talks, which is perfect. I love it. But I think this might be the first edit section that I was ever like, okay, well, uh, he just paused for a minute. But uh, before we go on, I just want to let you know, again, now I'm going bi-weekly again. I'll be back in the UK when this is released on the 1st and so they'll be the 1st and the 15th if you know anyone a health professional a GP that you would like to hear on Namaste bitches uh, please tweet it to me uh, or put it on the Facebook group Namaste bitches podcast I will try to get them on I'm going to try to learn how to do Skype interviews so I can get more international interviews going on, which would be very cool. Um, a bit of news for me in the comedy world, as I will be back in the UK that first weekend back on the 3rd and 4th of July, my country's birthday, I will be performing at Jonglers in Birmingham. So if you live in the area, come out and uh, see me. And uh, yeah. Spend the 4th of July with me in England. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, Moving forward, uh, Chris and I talked a little bit more about his uh, ventures into anatomy now and how he's learning all these cool things. And, uh, yeah, he's he's doing a very uh, special thing that I... Honestly, the training he's getting, I I thought you had to be a doctor in order to do this or go to a university. I didn't know you could just enroll in courses, but I I won't give it away. I'll let him do it. Okay, let's get back to it. Yeah, so the massage school happened, and I've been, the past three years, I've been studying with one particular guy um, who does very specific anatomy work. Like, how is it specific? um, It's human cadaver dissection. You've Which, been yeah. dissecting human cadavers? Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, gross, but cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, gross, but wait, 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 wait really cool. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, I I am careful with with the, whom I disclose this information because I, I assume that some people could be really uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Um, and now I'm realizing that I'm saying it, like, on your podcast. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um the, but it is, it's so informative. It yeah. is. I'm, well, I mean, it's literally, I mean, it is a cadaver, but there's, there's a complete difference from 
seeing a picture and seeing the real thing. Yeah. My my father was a doctor, and I remember showing him a picture of, I don't know, the nervous system or something. And I, like in a science book, when I was like in the sixth grade, he's like, "That's not really what the nervous system." <laughs> right, right. It's not. It's not blue and red lines running through your body. Yeah. Like, oh, and it's just like it's just the best way they can draw it. Sure, sure. And that's the thing. It's like you know. Um, blue and red is the vascular system, yeah. the circulatory system, and then like the nervous system is usually indicated in yellow. Right. See, I don't even know, know and, that and anymore. I like green. how you there's like a code. Yeah. But that's not you know that's one artist's interpretation of maybe you know five or six cadavers that that artist saw. Yeah. And, and it's a it's a an, an average you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are but no one really looks like that. There's, yeah. You know, there's a whole um, <clears throat> a couple things. Whenever we encounter something um, in these cadaver dissections, things can be categorized as like a, a variation on the what you see in the textbook, or it can be uh, an anomaly. You know, something that like never is seen, and it, mm-hmm. you know is only in one out of four hundred thousand people have have this particular thing. There, there are a bunch of instances of um, variations where you know there's a there's a muscle called peroneus tertius, and not many people have it, but some people do have it. And that, what, that what is, is it? Prodi- probably, uh, you know, a product of evolution. Yeah. Um, it's in, so peroneal muscles are the muscles that evert the foot, that, okay. that you know, inversion and eversion. Okay. Um, they're on the outside of the, the shin. Um, and so there's peroneus longus, peroneus brevis, and some people have this little peroneus tertius. And, you know, who knows? Maybe it's left over from when we were quadrupeds and, like, running through the jungles and, and you know. Um, but so there are a number of examples like that, and it's just like, oh, this guy has it, this guy doesn't. Mm-hmm. This woman has it, that woman doesn't. Um, but And then on top of that, there, there are anomalies, which are just like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> never seen that before. Uh, the guy with whom I'm studying, his name is Gil Headley. He's fantastic. And he, the courses he offers, he calls. Do you take them through a university, or does he um, offer these outside? Like- he offers them at a couple of different uh, locations around the country. Okay. Um, it's not for credit. You, yeah. You know, um, it's not... He's not. He's not affiliated with any particular school. Okay. I just. I've. I've never. I don't know too much about taking anatomy courses. No. I just didn't know you could get that level of education outside of a university. Like I, when you said that, I assumed you were auditing classes. No. Just, um, yeah. No. Go but on. He. He. He offers it a couple different places around the city a couple times a year. Uh, no, I said the city. A couple places around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in Scotland as well. Ooh. Which sounds like a fun place to study anatomy yeah. <laughs> in, a, in like a 12th century castle. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so that, I mean, this is just sort of like a um, an infinite path of anatomy study that I don't think will ever <laughs> end with me, honestly. Um, and so that does, like to tie it back to my little piece of advice, it's just, you know, that's... You, you can't possibly know everything, so just, like, be open to seeing stuff. And that's one of the things that Gil will talk about is that his courses are very different than, than traditional med school gross anatomy courses in several different ways. But that's one of the things he, he will – he explains that, you know, in med school, during gross anatomy, during the limited time that you have in your gross anatomy course – there's so much to learn, and it's all about studying and memorizing for the test on Monday. Mm. And so, if you if you're if you know what you're looking for, and you're really like in there looking for it, you'll miss you'll you'll cut through all this stuff that 
that if you're taking your time and you're just exploring and you have like a more playful kind of explorative uh, approach to it, you might see lymphatics in the brain. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you are going in there and saying, oh, I know there are no lymphatics in the brain. That's been, that's been established. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So play. Just play. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So um, I, I saw via the FB... The good old Facebook. And I, I talked to Adam a little bit about this. You had a client who did a 30-day challenge with massage. Not exactly. No? Um, oh, darn it. That's okay. But <laughs> you, yeah, you, you're close. Um, he, uh, so I, I was working with this massage client. I had only seen him twice. He was a fairly new client. And he was in the midst of a 30-day challenge in Bikram class. Mm -hmm. So... Um, and that seems to be pretty uh, pretty consistent nowadays. Even even studios that are not Bikram affiliate, you know, um, affiliated studios, they offer thirty day challenges too. I think it's kind of become the norm. I don't know if it started with Bikram or if it started somewhere else in some other discipline of yoga. Um, but anyway, again, I digress. Uh, he this this massage client of mine. He was in the midst of a thirty day Bikram challenge, and he uh, and he, he approaches me and he's like, so. I have been thinking, what about a massage challenge? And I was like, hmm, tell me more. Um, I, I literally had no idea. He, he proposed doing seven consecutive days of massage. Okay. Um, and I told him outright, I was like, I've never done this before. I've worked on clients as often as three times a week, but I've never worked on somebody five consecutive days. Um, <clears throat> I have no idea how your body's going to respond to that. Yeah. Um, and again, I think that might have been a place where maybe some other massage therapist might have said, no, that's not a good idea. Right. You know, let's, let's, and just like cut that off mm -hmm. as an option. Why wouldn't it be a good idea? Well, Do you know why and, and someone this is would what, be like, And this mm. is what I experienced. And, and I told him right uh, outright that I had no idea how things were going to go. And, and, you know, um, on day like two, three, um, his body really wasn't allowing me to, to get in and do any work. You know, it was, there was just a lot of resistance. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like anything, any physical activity, you know, aside from practicing yoga, <laughs> um, say, you know, take a, a day off. You have to take a day off. Even if that means, you know, if you're, if you're training at the gym, you know, you do upper body one day and then lower body the next day or wh whatever it might be. Um, you can tell I'm not a, a gym rat. <laughs> um, so I didn't know how the body would respond. Um, so day two and three were a little bit rough, and I wasn't really able to do the work I was intending to do. Um, but we just still, you know, I, I did some other stuff and, and refocused um, and refocused my attention onto other areas and, mm -hmm. and adjusted pressure and whatnot. And then we got to day four and five, and he was saying that he was he was feeling better than he's ever felt. He, he has a, a long-term chronic condition that he's been dealing with for pretty much all his life. Mm -hmm. um, and and he told me things like he woke up with with no hip pain for the first time in in six years, and then oh, you know cool. his headaches were going away, and he was standing up feeling taller. And he, so we continued. We went beyond five consecutive days. He wanted to do t uh, seven consecutive days. We finished seven, and he extended it to twelve consecutive days. <laughs> so really, it was it was it was a huge success. Yeah. Um, and. And a really fun little experiment. Oh, that's know? so cool. Um, yeah, one of my one of my instructors in massage school used to say, uh, uh, you know, when the revolution comes, when the revolution comes, and uh, 
and and health insurance covers massage therapy. And when people are getting massages every day, mm-hmm. um, that's when that's when we're going to be able to break through and and make some really impactful changes on people's lives. Yeah. Um, so so who knows? Yeah, twelve consecutive days of wow, massage. That's awesome. It works. <laughs> so has he been back to see? You? Is he, he trying to come weekly now? He actually. Um, we haven't extended beyond that. He. He's a very busy guy. He owns his own business, but he also the two days after we finished our twelfth day, he flew to San Francisco and got married. Oh, so well. like there's a lot happening in his <laughs> yeah, life yeah, right yeah. now. Oh wow, yeah, because I've only ever like massages for me are a big treat. Like I only do a couple a year, right. and it is it is a thing of like one day I'm going to have the finances yep. and the time to do them weekly. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing, people. For them, it, it's it's been changing in the past decade or so, but but prior to ten years ago, people just considered massage to be a, a luxury. Yeah, and it was a that the whole industry was based in like luxury and and you know spas yeah. and and you know retreats and resorts. Um, but now there's more of like a, a medical kind of um, notion involved, and and people people you- see it as therapy instead of just instead of just luxury. Yeah. Do you ever have uh, uh, clients get emotional on the table? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like in you know, just like in yoga class, yeah. it happens from time to time. Because that is, I, I I was talking to someone the other day. I've done traditional talk therapy in my life, uh-huh. and I, I'm not doing it right now. But I told him I was like, the next time I think I'm gonna go to therapy, I'm just gonna get massages weekly instead because yeah. I'm yeah. just so done with talk therapy. <laughs> Although I know it works for some people, of course, and yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was just wondering. If that was a, a common occurrence, or yeah. I guess an occurrence, yeah, yeah, it happens. It's not yeah. it's not too frequent, but, yeah. uh, but it happens. And there is there have been studies just in the past in the past uh, I don't know decade or fifteen years or so that that have it's been proven that 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 tissues can store emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and in like in the nineteen sixties and seventies, that was that notion was considered to be absolutely ludicrous. Again. A, here we go again. Another example of yeah. like you know, that I, I read this um, a, a book by a scientist. Her name is Candace Pert. Um, really fascinating story. Um, she was doing all this work uh, in order to prove uh, that 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 emotion can be stored in, in physical tissue. Um, and you know, she got a lot of resistance. She got a lot of resistance because what she was saying was considered to be complete. Hooey, basically, yeah. <laughs> but also because as a female in the late seventies in in a very male, predominantly male industry of science, she you know. Like, I mean, well, of course, it's the woman who talks about feelings. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but she did a lot of work in the in the late seventies proving this, and it's um, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, it kind of opened up the door to a whole a whole bunch of different things. Are there certain tissues that hold emotion more than others? Like, is it like your hips are where all your anger is stored, and your happiness is in your shoulders? Yeah, you know, people. I don't. I haven't, in any formal sense, studied chakras, but but people will talk about the chakras all the time, and and what you know their significance in terms of specific feelings and emotions. I, I don't know them all, but. Um, but when I'm working, just based on my own experience, yeah, there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of sensitivity in the hips in general, or the the area surrounding the sacrum. But also here, some people in the in the pecs, you know, in the shoulders, in the like opening your heart, like in camel pose. You know, mm-hmm. I think in terms of my 
uh, experience teaching yoga, um, I feel like the most volatile posture for people um, in terms of experiencing emotion would be camel pose. Would you agree? Yeah. Like, yeah. Back, back bends in general, but I think camel pose specifically. Um, oh, that was another thing when I, when I was thinking about like, what's my, what's my advice to people? And I was thinking, okay, I have to come up with something profound. It has to be very, uh, very uh, intellectual and kind of all encompassing. <laughs> And then I was like, but actually, I think my advice is just do camel pose seven times before you leave your house every morning. <laughs> like, That's actually a really good really, little challenge for yourself. It really is. And I don't know if you've ever tried. I've um, never. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that for like a, a couple days in give a row. It a shot. Um, seven times. It, well, you know, like it, it takes me, it takes me like four or five times before I can even grab my heels. Like it is without, you know, some teachers say, you know, oh, we've been warming up for 75 minutes in preparation for a camel pose. Like damn straight that is yeah. like that is serious business when you when you try camel pose outside of the heat and outside of the 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 um precursor uh, postures to get into that mm-hmm. it's it's crazy it's yeah. kind of crazy like the room spins and, yeah, yeah, yeah um but yeah and i i'm not a coffee drinker but and and clients whom i've uh, <laughs> to whom i've mentioned this are like you're fucking nuts um <laughs> But I kind of think that, like, for me, I, I feel like doing camel poses five, six, seven times in the morning is actually, like, could be a substitute for coffee. I know people think that's completely outrageous as you look at your ice <laughs> your ice <laughs> My second you know? coffee for today. Yeah. I need this. No, that makes sense because it just gets your blood flowing in yeah. a totally, which is essentially, this is a... What's the opposite of a suppressant? A uh, stimulant. It's a stimulant, yeah. so that's what it's doing. Sure, sure. Yeah. And really, I mean, I think with camel pose, yes, a little bit of circulation in terms of blood, but really I think it's more about cerebrospinal fluid. Like, you're getting okay. all the fluid in the central nervous system. You're, you know, all the fluid in the spine is, like, rushing up to the brain and mm-hmm. swishing around and doing all its magic up there and then coming back. To, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but exactly. I mean, it's just circulating stuff. Um You'll see. Give it a yeah. try. I want to. I, wanna, I, wanna I, I have back. a question. When you do, when you've done this for yourself, do you do camel pose and then do a forward bend and then no, do camel pose, or do you just like uh, eat your cereal, do a camel <laughs> pose, check your email, do a camel yeah, pose? No, no, like, I, how do you I do, do it? I do them all like consecutively. Like right. I'll just do, you know, like we do first set and second set in class. Right. I'll just do them back to back. But uh, and and. Like I said, like, I can't even, like, the first three or four, I'm just hanging there with my hands on my hips and, like, my head dropped back. Mm -hmm. And that is, like, turbulent enough for me, you know. Um, And then maybe I'll hang forward a little bit after I do it, like, Mm -hmm. in almost like a hands to feet, but just like a casual um, forward hang. Um, Yeah. Cool. I'm going to try that. We're going to do that. Uh, I have a Facebook group for the podcast. Yes. That's, I've just decided that's our next that's challenge. That's homework. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Homework. Yeah. yeah exactly. We do that. Well, we did that once, but I liked it. We had, <laughs> we did a, a, a couple of us did a, a meditation challenge for a while. Nice. It was fun. Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw that. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, so uh, another big love for you is uh, cooking. Yeah. Cooking. I, I saw your blog. The pictures are really amazing. Oh, like, I. You. I really, really like them. So, do you, you're you're vegetarian, right? Yeah, yeah, you're vegetarian. How long have you been veg for? Um, uh, almost fifteen years. Okay, I guess, yeah. And you, were you vegan for a while, or did I make that? No, up? no. But you may have like 
a lot of the recipes that I that I concoct, a lot of the dishes that I create, um, I like to make things vegan, sort of just as a challenge. You mm-hmm. know, I think it's fun. And one of the the most exciting part about my time in the kitchen is substituting and tweaking and like finding weird kind of alternatives yeah. or or you know or hybrids sort of mashups of, of traditional recipes. That's what I really liked about your cook your cooking blog is that it was you learning how to make something like yeah. teaching yourself how to make something sure, sure. instead of being like so I read online this you're like <laughs> right. okay so I was trying to make this sort of thing and yeah yeah I, uh, yeah, I really dig it a yeah, lot and that's it and I, I think that you know the kitchen is another just another venue for for experimentation you know mm. um, I do I'll you know I'll I'll cook from recipes from time to time but the 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 most exciting part for me is just kind of going at it and yeah. see, see what I've got in the fridge and see what I can do with it. Oh my god, guys, we've totally got to do the backbend challenge. Uh, let's see, this gets reversed the first. I leave on the first. We'll start it a couple days after Chris's uh, 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 Chris's podcast is released, maybe a day or two. I don't know, but I'm very excited about it. I'll make a video for you guys so you know how to do uh, camel pose correctly. Uh, don't you worry, I'm certified and all that. But I'll put a little video together so you know how to do it. And uh, yeah, let's see how that changes our uh, our day. Uh, maybe we'll do another five seven day challenge, something like that, and and see what it's like. But uh, Okay, uh, let's get back into it. Chris and I talk a little bit more about how he finds time, you know, to cook, uh, to be a massage therapist, uh, you know, to be a yoga instructor, all of that. And um, if you are listening to this and you haven't joined the Facebook group, please do. Uh, Namaste Bitches Podcast is the Facebook group, and uh, it's, you know, we can post uh, interesting facts. Uh, Allison posted a really cool thing about the psychology of eating the other day, an article that I found absolutely fascinating, so thank you for putting that up. Um, yeah, just trying to build a little community, so please join uh, the podcast Namaste, or excuse me, the Facebook group Namaste Bitches Podcast, and uh, let's create a little revolution. All right, uh, back to Chris. So as a uh, massage therapist and yoga instructor in New York City, how do you find the time to cook, Chris? <laughs> right. Where's the time? Uh, where's the time? Like I said, um, like I told you, I, I don't overwork myself with mm-hmm. massage. And, and you know, there was a time, and I'm sure you you have a similar situation, when um, I think you were talking about with Adam and his... Uh, in his uh, Namaste Bitches session, um, when you first start teaching, you have to you have to teach a whole lot, um, and so I was teaching fourteen classes a week for a while, um, and then and then I, I pared down a little bit once I was in massage school, but I was still I think at that time teaching ten classes a week while going to massage school. Mm-hmm. Um, that's insane. Yeah, and I mean, you practice every right. day. Oh, That's practice. important. You're not one of those people who teaches 10 classes and practices three times, which no, is no, fine no, if no, that's no. what you do. I you practice, practice every, every day. day. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I miss a day, that's big. Yeah. That's a big situation. Um, uh, yeah, there was a there was a, a point a couple years ago. It was probably three or four years ago now at this point, I think. I, I did complete um, 1,000. Wow! Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Um, thanks. It was it was tough, but it was also, I mean, it was so it it gets easier once you're just in the you know like it's just not an option. Yeah, that that's, takes just under three years. To yeah, do. yeah, just about three years. 
Um, and uh, I saw you doing the math. Yeah. I could, like, see the numbers <laughs> in your head. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do math the same way. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but it just, you know, it's it's obviously a challenge. Um, but it, I, I don't know. I guess I just flourish with, with that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I do. I have, a, uh, I have a quote that I carry with me all the time. And I, I, I say it every once in a while in, when I'm teaching class. Um, I really love this quote, um, if I may. Yes, please. Um, and this kind of fits in with sort of my, uh, my, my piece of advice for okay, the day. Cool. Um, the challenge is to be genuine, to feel our pounding heart or shaking knees or whatever it is and stick with it. In a nutshell, very few of us ever allow ourselves to be in a situation that doesn't have some sort of exit, a place where we can get out if we have to. Um, I love that. Yeah. It's so applicable to, to Bikram itself. And and I thought of it when I was telling you about the, the thousand consecutive days. Like yeah. that's, you know, you just, I get into something and I create parameters around it. And mm-hmm. sometimes it can be a little too structured and rigid about it, admittedly. Um, but... But I feel like so in so many instances in life, we just we always create like an escape route, mm-hmm. um, and and just to stick with it, it's it's a really difficult thing to uh, to do. But but man, you get like the, the benefits from that. Yeah, are, are kind of. So how often are you able to take time to cook and solve puzzles in the kitchen? <laughs> solve puzzles in the kitchen. Um, I do a lot of my cooking actually in the morning and afternoon. Um, Smart. So. Uh, like, you know, I, I like to take class in the evening, and then by the time I, like, I get home, I don't want to, like, start, an, you know, a dish. So I usually, like, leave leftovers for after yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I just make the time. Like I was saying, I don't you make over... Make the time. I, I That's do. what's important. Do, you right? have to. I don't overdo it um, in terms of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, I'm only teaching two classes a week. Um, and that's a big difference than, than it's a big uh, yeah. stark contrast from teaching 14 classes a week. Um, and, and how then, many massages? And then massage clients as they come. I mean, yeah. ideally, I will have maybe like seven clients a week. Okay. Um, sometimes it's a little bit less. Sometimes it's a little bit more. Um, but, I mean, you do the math. That's that's teaching two classes, taking a class every day, and having you know six or seven massage clients. Um Granted, I do put in a lot of time before each client and mm-hmm. after each client, but that's not that much. Yeah. I'm not, you know, although, as we were talking about before we started, um, New Yorkers are just ridiculous. New yeah. Yorkers are always busy. It doesn't matter how many things you're actually doing or not. <laughs> New Yorkers are always busy. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I make the time. I make that a priority in my life because mm-hmm. it, it's, it's nourishing for me. It's fulfilling. Yeah. You were talking uh, when we first started about how you like to do um, pretty intense cha- challenges, yeah. like uh, like doing the ten day silent meditation or a thousand days of Bikram yoga. What do you think drives you to explore and challenge yourself to that level? Because I like I find within myself, like I before we started doing the interview, how I'd planned to come to New York and do two-a-days as far as, like, I was going to do yoga every morning and either run or do weights, at, like, at 4 p.m. Yeah. Like, that's what that's what I was going to use this time for. And then I got here, and I was like, or I, I, I have to have an anxiety attack about an Ikea couch <laughs> for a week instead. Like, I'm very busy doing that. So how, what, what drives you to keep, what drives that curiosity, I guess, or... You know, honestly, it's it might be 
It might be based in fear, actually. Okay. Like, I, you know, like for f- fear that that. I'll tell you. I'll tell you outright that that I take yoga every day for fear that I will like slip into a situation where I won't take yoga like at all. I, I'm I, I have very black and white thinking. Okay. So it's so like, were you not a physical person at all? No, because no, zero, you are not at all. such. Like you, you, your whole life is physical it now. Is, it yeah, is. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, I interesting. Mean, and that 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 good friend of what mine. What were you doing who, before you started practicing yoga? I was. Uh, I moved here. I have a, a degree in musical theater. Oh, so um, do I. Don't we all? I don't we all? <laughs> there was at school. I went to school in Boston, Emerson College, and the little um, the little performing arts building at the time. I mean, now they have this enormous like beautiful performing arts building it was like this little old crappy building um in uh in beacon hill um in boston uh and in in one of the bathrooms they had the you know the the paper towel dispenser that's on a roll and you kind of like yeah it rolls out um somebody had graffitied a little a little arrow above the the place where the paper towel comes out it was like your, you know, your Emerson College musical theater diploma. <laughs> so you basically roll it out, wipe your hands with it, and, and throw, throw it in it the away. garbage. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what I was doing before um, before I ended up um, discovering yoga. Um, and I, you know, I I graduated from school. Literally weeks later, I was I was in a U-Haul truck on the way down here to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and and auditioned for quite a bit, but it was it was so frustrating, and I was so not good at it. You know, it was like very clear that I did not have the chops to to do it in New York City, where yeah. where the talent is is you know everywhere. It, yeah, the talent, the amount of talent in the city is completely overwhelming. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so I, I did that for a couple of years. You know, getting pretty. Uh, unfulfilling gigs a lot of not for pay stuff yeah and you know a lot of children's theater and whatnot um and but then i needed something else yeah so so yoga that's where yoga came in very cool awesome and so just because we kind of went away from it i want to come back so you you do these challenges you said out of out of kind of like fear yeah i think so i the it's always really perplexing to me Thanks for roping me back, by yeah, the way. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> it's really perplexing to me how, like, some people, the people who, who come to a yoga class and they come, like, once a month or, like, once every three months, I, I don't understand how that, like, how they process that. Or do they just wake up in the morning like, you know what, today's a day for Bikram yoga. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm not going to do it again for another six weeks after yeah. that. Um, so I don't. Because I feel like I approach things from a black and white approach, um, from a black and white perspective, uh, I feel like it's it's often in my life it's all or nothing. Yeah. So I feel like if I wasn't going every single day, I would like slip into a three times a week, and then that would turn into once a week, and then that would be like once a month, and then I would never ever go to yoga again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sort of i I guess I sort of like lock myself into these. Um, you know, I, I create these this structure for myself so that I don't slip into a habit that I that would be less than desirable. I yeah. suppose maybe. So does that make sense? Yeah. So when you did the silent meditation, because you didn't get to practice yoga then, correct? Because uh, I remember talking to you about that. Yeah. How, how was that? Was, how was that? It was really hard. Um, talk, talk to me about the silent meditation okay, okay. retreat because that. 
when you said that, I was like, I want to do that, and that sounds impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, but that... So, a lot of people, when they hear a silent meditate silence for 10 days, that, that seems like a very daunting task. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, that, not talking, was the easiest part uh, of the whole situation, the whole scenario. Um, I didn't, and I had done, I had done a bunch of reading on it. You know, I had, I had scoured the website, all the all the literature they have on the website, and I had I had picked up a book by a um, a psychologist who had who, who who runs these trainings basically, and 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 has done some research um, in terms of what the you know in terms of the the benefits of of, of what this process can uh, can allow. Um, so I had done my fair share of, of research ahead of time. Um, I had somehow overlooked the fact that that you're also, in addition to not being able to speak verbally, you're not like eye contact is is forbidden. That's intense. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so I mean, if you can picture it, it, when you go when you arrive at the at the center, um, you're immediately divided into uh, male and female sections. So I, you know, I, I actually knew two girls who were doing it at the same time that I was there, but I didn't see them the whole time. Because um, so, you weren't allowed to look up. Right, right, yeah. basically. So you're immediately divided. Um, and uh, and then, so if you can picture it, it, it almost feels like, it, it looks like a scene from from a, a movie in like, you know, taking place in a mental institution. Because it's like, we're all, like, it's a bunch of guys. <laughs> we're all in our pajamas. <laughs> and we're all like moping around, <laughs> looking at the ground, you know? And, it, and it's like, you, you automatically get into this, um, this like very slow pace of life. I don't know if it's like, I don't know when exactly that happens, but you suddenly you're going from a mile a minute New York City, mm-hmm. and, and then you get up there in the in the middle of nowhere Massachusetts, and it's just like whew, it's like time to breathe and time to slow down. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so not talking was really the easiest part about it. Mm-hmm. The the most difficult part about it was was the sitting. We have to sit for hours at a time in in one position, and I thought you know I thought. Yeah, I've been practicing yoga for years now. This is, you know, the uh, teachers will talk about how you know the, the whole purpose of yoga is so is so that you can get your body into a into a shape into a physical shape sturdy enough so and, and and you know with enough stamina that you can sit, you can sit and meditate. Like that is allegedly the purpose of yoga. Yeah, I was like, all right, I'm good. I've got a good. I've got my foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, no way. <laughs> It was so painful. Yeah. It was so painful just sitting for, for several hours on end. And the first couple of days, they let you fidget and, like, find your find your kind of groove. Um, day four, you can't move around anymore. They, like, they, you're, like, not permitted to move. What happens if you move? The, you, you'll get spoken to. I mean, you'll, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, disciplinary action. Yeah. Wow. I kid you not. Um that sounds like one of those things where you're like, I'm going to go on a meditation retreat, and people are like, oh, you're so lucky. That sounds so relaxing. And you're like, right. no, was that, actually, well, it's the same with Bikram yeah. Yoga when you're like, I'm a Bikram Yoga teacher, and people are like, lucky you. It's like, right. yes, but uh, not the way you think. It might seem a little bit more flattering than it actually is. A little bit more, uh, not flattering, a little bit more. Uh, Relaxed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, but, but, I mean, that it was incredible. You, mm-hmm. you know, And I see how... People, and people go back, you know, people go back over and over again. Um, the, sort of, the sort of prescription is to uh, 
revisit once a year, do another 10 day every, every year. Mm -hmm. I have not had a chance to do that yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can see how people would find that to be a huge relief. You walk in and they, you put your cell phone and any books and writing implements and you put it all in a little locker. You can't even journal? Nope. Nope. You can't write. It's, It's all in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. The whole purpose is, you know, the, the concept, the theory is that all of that stuff is distracting you. All mm-hmm. of that stuff is pulling you away from what's going on inside. Um, and, and, yeah, so you, you it, I can see how it would be very appealing to did, people. Did, I, I found it to be immensely difficult. Did you feel like after you stepped away from it and you had time to reflect on it, did you... Did you learn anything about yourself, or did you come away with like? Yeah, I had a I had a pretty volatile experience a couple of days after getting back to New York City. Can we talk um, about that? Yeah, we can talk about it if you want. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, it is kind of it is kind of personal in a way, but I'm I'm happy to share it. Um, I so I got back, and of course, because I am who I am, like I I got off the bus. <laughs> You know, complete culture shock, like crazy culture shock. You can't even imagine the difference between like sitting in the country and like enjoying the outdoors and like secluding yourself and experiencing all of that for 10 days and then coming back to crazy New York City. Like my first exposure was Port Authority. (laughs) Like what? The worst part of New York. What? Exactly. The armpit of this whole city. Um... (laughs) And, but, and then I was rushing, like I had, it was the last class of the day on a Sunday. I was like, I need to get my class. I haven't taken class for 10 days. I need to take my yoga. Um, so it was, I, I like, I really jumped like right off that cliff. I was like right back into the, the crazy New York mentality. Um, so a couple days passed. And so I think it was the third day after, um, returning, um, again, I, I was, on my way to yoga, I, I probably had a couple things to do during the day, mm-hmm. um, and then on my way to the yoga studio, I bumped into a, a yoga client of mine whom I hadn't seen in a while, and and so I was having a conversation with her, and I realized that I, I I couldn't keep my focus, like I couldn't even look at her, I couldn't I couldn't absorb what she was saying, almost to the point where I was just like, I I don't know how to respond to this conversation I don't know how to I don't know how to engage in this conversation because like literally my thoughts are running so wild that I can't even focus on what you're saying and I was like okay that was a little weird I walked upstairs got to the studio and you know uh, have a conversation with with the person at the front desk you know just Matt's towels water that stuff but then also like hey how you doing you know you just you just got back from the the meditation how was it and I'm, I'm trying to have, like, simple conversation with this man behind the desk, and, like, I am freaking out. Yeah. I'm, like, I don't even know. What, I couldn't hear what he was saying to me. Um, and even, like, I was trying to look at his eyes. I thought, like, visually I could sort of anchor myself back down into, like, the real world. Um, it didn't work. So so I walk into the room, and this is, this part's kind of funny. I walk into the room, and I sit. I, I, just for my own benefit, yeah. what studio were you Lower at? East Side. Okay. Um, so I sit, I, I get my spot in the room, and the girl who, like, always sets up next to me is sitting up next to me. So we have a little conversation quietly in, in the front of the room. Um, 
and I'm telling her, I'm telling her how weird this is. Like these last two conversations I've tried to have with these two people, things are really weird. I was telling her like I felt stoned, um, and and you know we're talking back and forth and whatever. And it's like oh my gosh, just like like smoking pot. I feel like I'm stoned. I don't know what's going on. Um, granted, I had not I had not smoked pot since like high school. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. And so then I then the teacher comes in the room and I grab her and I take her outside and I tell her what's going on and she's she was so sweet she was just like you know we'll just see how things go first she was like do you want to go home like do do you think it's a good idea for you to be here in this room I was like yeah I mean I want to be here I want to try this um, and and then so she was like okay so she was you know agreed to like keep an eye on me and then gave me absolute permission to like get up and leave the room if necessary and sit down and take care of myself whatever I needed um, and so so class started and then I got like it, it took so much effort to stay focused on the posture it was it was out of control and then I I, my, I started spinning off into this whole thing about how like oh my gosh the people behind us must have heard me talking to this girl about being stoned. They must think I'm stoned. And, and I, lend, I got, like, all paranoid, just like smoking pot in high school. <laughs> like, the paranoia was, like, completely overwhelming. Um, and to the point where I was just, like, I had concluded, like, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of standing bow pose, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't, I can't teach yoga anymore, and I can't be a massage therapist, and, like, I need to go home and pack up my apartment and sell all my stuff so I can afford to, like, I can put money away so I can move somewhere. Like, I went through this whole scenario in my head, and because I, I just figure that I can't function as a human being. I, I just don't, I think that this, this, like, mindset I'm in right now won't end yeah you know like this is life um so i hours pass i end up going to bed and i'm still i'm still feeling super weird i talked to uh, i talked to my therapist about it the next day and and he was like oh oh yeah well that you had a panic attack and i was like no 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 no, because i've i've helped people in the yoga room with panic attacks before you know this was not rapid heart rate it wasn't it wasn't rapid breathing it was just it, you know it was just freaking out he was like no 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 you had a psychological panic attack i was like oh <laughs> i did not know of such things um so so yeah something happened wow. during during those 10 days uh, of meditating um and I can go on and on and on about the process of like what happens in the meditation, but we don't have three hours on this podcast episode. So, so. did did you continue meditating afterwards? I, I did for a little while, and that was one of my saving graces at at that point. Um, I did still do again. It's 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 a very sort of rigid um, prescription uh, mm-hmm. for after you leave this ten day meditation course if you plan to uh, to continue it. And like I mentioned, it, it's to come back once a year and do another 10-day. Um, but it, this particular type of meditation requires um, two hours a day of meditating. An hour in the morning, an hour in the evening. Okay. Um, and we've already talked about how crazy New Yorkers yeah. are and how well, that's like just simply not yeah. possible. I, on, um, on Namaste Bitches, we did uh, 10 minutes a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So two hours a day is huge. And I was doing it for about two and a half weeks. Good for um, you. I was really proud of that. I mean, I didn't set uh, an end date. I was hoping to kind of keep going. And again, it's it's sort of my black and white thinking, all or nothing. I was like, if I don't do the two hours, it's going to be nothing. Yeah. Um, 
and that is kind of how I've fallen out. I haven't done it in I was going to say, so, so there's no, like, now it's not like, I'll just adjust no. to 15 minutes See, and 15 that, minutes. It's that, gone. No, it's gone. like, that's it. It's like I either take yoga every day or I'm on the couch eating potato chips. Like that, I, yeah. that's how I, that's how I imagine life would be if I, if I stopped taking yoga. Um, uh, so, I, but during that, so, you know, I had this, this panic attack at day three after after coming back to, to the city so I did still continue to do it for another 10 or 12 days mm-hmm. um, uh, so it, it was helpful I was convinced that it was something that was helping me um, to kind of navigate through all of this uh, very crazy volatile stuff <laughs> and I mean it just goes to show like the mind is is super crazy yeah <laughs> and like we know so little about it it's, yeah. it's a very complex thing um historically uh the early anatomists uh thought that the brain was um a was like a uh what's the word i'm thinking of was basically just an exhaust system like letting off heat you know because really? like you use, you lose a lot of heat from your head they thought that the sole purpose of the brain was to cool off the body really <laughs> yeah. and nothing more than that you know um, you know, oh, that's fast forward a couple thousand years, and we're, we have a little bit of a different concept of what the brain, uh, the function does. of the brain. But, um, but yeah, the and the author I mentioned earlier, the scientist Candace Pert, she defines the the mind. I really love this definition. She defines uh, defines the mind as uh, an information system mm-hmm. um, that that runs throughout the entire body, and whether that's a, like a physical tissue, you know, the nervous system, or whether I think she even talks about it like extending beyond the skin as mm. well um so this oh, is wow. like you know defining the mind for the first time really scientifically and that's why people thought she was totally nuts um you know there's a brain and there's a central nervous system and there's a peripheral nervous system because those are things that we can feel those are things we can dissect and remove from the body those are things that we can draw in a book yeah. you know as little yellow lines um people thought she was totally nuts for saying that you know the mind is something beyond that did she did she talk a lot about like connective tissues and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean she definitely has she uh, what are you getting at? Like fascia? fascia? No, no, no. She she's not I don't think fascia was nearly as much on the forefront okay. that in the in the mid and late 70s as it is now. Um but uh I am and and the the guy with whom I study, Gil Headley is I, mean, I consider him to be a fascia guy. He doesn't actually like to be called a fascia guy. He doesn't like to be put into that little box. Yeah. Um, he'll say he's like a whole body guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, the work that I've been doing the past three years has been specifically with fascia. Um, Gil will define fascia in ways that other people don't. Um, he... He, he, he uses a layered approach to the body, which, mm-hmm. again, is another another way that his teaching is very different than the teaching that you'd find in a traditional med school gross anatomy course. Um, and so he has named these layers, and, and so there's, there's skin, then directly deep to that is um, is what he calls the superficial fascia. Mm-hmm. A lot of, in textbooks, it will be referred to as the hyperdermis. Mm-hmm. Um and then, and then he talks about the deep fascia. And even now, in the past, in the past year, he's been talking more and more about an, another sort of layer that's in between the deep fascia, or in oh. between the superficial fascia and the deep fascia. And he calls it filmy fascia because there's this. He's noticing like a, a, the way he's noticing movement patterns. 
that couldn't otherwise be possible, that wouldn't otherwise be possible unless there were actually additional layers that were moving on each other. And and like seeing this stuff in the in the human body is and we're so talking wild. Like thin, oh, yeah, thin, yeah, yeah, thin yeah, layers. Yeah, super yeah. thin layers. Um, wow. We do all of our work uh, macro. You know, none of his he calls his work integral integral anatomy um, and none of that is microscopic it's all stuff that we can feel and, and touch and see with our naked eye but but yeah we're getting into we're getting into layers that are, are barely perceptible without wow. without further magnification equipment that's so cool yeah it's very cool that's and that again you know it's he he was he has a couple million views of of this youtube video he that he produced um i don't know five or six years ago um he calls it the fuzz speech um is this i've seen yes, this a lot of people yes yeah, so the the fuzz speech is very popular that's my guy that that's gil i know exactly who you're talking yeah. about now so uh so yeah so gil headley um i'll put that on the yeah th- ah. yes do it do it um so i've been working with him for the past couple of years and uh He's he's fantastic. He's really incredible, um, but he and he produced this this video. I think it was five, maybe six years ago. The fuzz speech, and and you know you've seen it, yeah. and, and it's very popular these days among body workers and yoga instructors yeah. and anyone really I think in the fitness industry, um, and but he'll admit that that one of the things that he was featuring in that video he has subsequently decided is absolutely wrong. Um, he he describes the the fuzz or this this layer of fascia, this filmy fuzzy tissue, um, to be something that should not be there. Like you know when you he'll oh go, when you're still right when you're it, not yeah. moving he'll say that you know when you go to sleep you have eight hours worth of this fuzz this cotton candy that kind of collects in between the tissues and then if you happen to not move that day very much and then you go to sleep again you have a whole 24 hours worth of fuzz that's kind of keeping you bound and stuck um and so now he'll say that that's that's not right at all the fuzz actually uh facilitates movement but it's it's you know the fiber directions and the 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 tensegrity of it in different areas of the body will will uh, impact movement in different ways depending on what joint and what muscles and what tissues are, are gliding along each mm-hmm. other um, but you know but that that's another thing and he thinks that's great you know he's not embarrassed and he's not like putting up a fight and like still claiming this thing that he doesn't really believe because he's been presented with new information and yeah. that's that's something that that I've been working a lot with in my life recently it's like you know okay you can change your mind like when presented with new information it is perfectly legitimate to say you know what i was completely wrong and now i'm on this whole different path yeah. and it's just it's just a matter of time he hasn't had the time to actually you know produce a new video that, yeah, yeah. that uh you know that describes his his new theories yeah. and you know who knows six ten years from now he may have completely different theories as well so um so yeah that i and i'm glad we kind of read that point because again it just comes right back to the you know to my advice of like of just being open-minded basically yeah um and and i was i mentioned the word illusion and like like you know rifling through that illusion um sorting through it um and just the fact that you know just the notion that you know everything is a huge illusion yeah. you know but on the same side you know 
you have to you also have to have confidence in what you're saying yeah you know so it, it it's a really fine line it's really tricky you know uh, of course this is what i believe yeah in Today. this moment, yeah. yeah, and this may change. I, I had, I used to get into a fight. Um, a boy I was dating years ago, uh, he, he would. I guess I had that sort of that that Ben Folds notion. The why you got to act like you know when you don't know. It's okay if you don't know everything. Um, the he would he would say to me, "Well, you can't say that. You you have to before you say that you have to say that it's it's your opinion. You have to say it's my opinion that that teapot is orange." Mm-hmm. Um, and but I would I would <laughs> I would get frustrated and say, well, everything that comes out of my mouth is my opinion. Yeah. you know, the sky is blue. That is my opinion. That is what I believe at this very specific point. Um, it it may or may not be be rooted in factual, you know, clinical evidence. Um, I I you know, it is a fact. That there are no lymphatics in the brain. Well, that's just my opinion, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And we learned three weeks ago that that's not true at all. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, yes, be open to the fact that you could be wrong, or yeah. yes, be open to the fact that 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 there's a whole new world to explore that you're completely uh, of which you're completely unaware. Um, but also, you know, tread forth with confidence, and you know, when you when you 100% believe something, stand firm. You yeah. know, it, it's a hard, it's a hard, difficult balance, you know, just like anything in life, really. Oh. Oh. So good. <laughs> you, like, we're, we're at the hour and you literally cool. put a button on it without me being like, no, just say one nice. more time. Like, I was like, all right, good job. <laughs> good job. Uh, before we go, how, uh, where's the best place to direct people to find you? Um, uh, deep root. Yeah, um, deeprootmassage.com. Okay. That from there you can kind of find all my other things, my yoga and other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Deep Root Massage is the name of my company and, uh, and that's my website. That's where you can go and find stuff. And then I also have deeprootyoga.com. Um, yeah, just find me. Okay. You can find me. Cool. Facebook, yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Namaste bitches. Namaste you bitches. Know, you can find all me anywhere. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Uh, thank you so much for coming. Thank I you. really I'm appreciate glad. it. Cool. It was right. a lot of fun. Thank you. So that was it. That was Chris Tataro. What a knowledgeable dude. You know, I have that book, Anatomy of Hatha Yoga, and I tried to read it once a long time ago. And like you said, it's just a really dense book. But I'm inspired. I'm going to try to read it again. And, uh, yeah, so follow him. Uh, go to his website, deeprootmassage.com please join the Facebook group Namaste Bitches Podcast right after I'm done recording this right now I'm going to upload that uh, fuzz video he was talking about so you guys can see it it's pretty cool and uh, yeah uh, follow me at Abigailia on the Twitters all my all my shows, all my dates, all that is on abigailia.com. Thank you again for listening, guys. There's uh, some bass going on at one point in the background of this podcast. You didn't imagine it. My neighbors are musicians here in New York. So, you know, a little free music for you. But remember what Chris said. Do your best to sort through illusion. Try to seek truth and try to be genuine. Thank you so much, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Namaste.